Once again, this is your reminder that Four Songs is sponsored by The Pug, a bar up on 8th Street Northeast in Washington. We'll be hearing from The Pug's owner, Tony, in a few days, maybe about a week or so. But first, I want to get to this episode, which is exactly the kind of conversation that you'd be having right now at The Pug if it were open, if not for this damn pandemic. This episode of Four Songs features Peter Argyropoulos, lead singer and guitarist with the LA-based indie rock band Sons of Silver. Now, Peter may not be a household name, but he's played with some of the biggest names in rock over the last 20 to 25 years. In fact, it's those relationships which have formed the foundation of the Sons of Silver, which just released its latest EP called Doomsday Noises this past fall. We'll get to the EP in a minute, but first let me give you some background about Peter and his band. Perhaps you've heard of the following bands, Pearl Jam, or maybe Candlebox. If you know Pearl Jam, you've probably recognized the name Dave Krusen, who was Pearl Jam's drummer on their debut album, Ten. And if you know that, you probably know that Dave was just recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, he plays drums on Sons of Silver. And if you've heard of Candlebox, maybe you know the name Adam Curry, who plays bass in that band. Well, he plays bass with Sons of Silver. And you add in guitarist Kevin Holland and engineering and keyboardist Brina Kabler, and you've got yourself one hell of a band. And boy, do they rock, which you'll hear soon enough. I spoke with Peter from his home base in L.A., and like I said earlier, our conversation is exactly the kind of talk you probably have at a bar, if you could only go to one right now because of this damn pandemic. Peter goes into exquisite detail about the songwriting process for Sons of Silver and how the band evolved from being largely a solo act to a full-fledged group with shared songwriting responsibilities. We talk about how the songs from Doomsday Noises came together and really how weird it is to be playing live streams in front of you don't really know how many people out of a club where you know you got tons of packed fans giving you instant feedback. But we also talk about the lyrical content of Doomsday Noises, which chronicles basically the demise of civil society in the U.S., or really across the globe. I mean, Peter and I are both history majors from college, so maybe that explains the tenor of this conversation. But this album is about disconnection, it's about the lack of independent thought, and it's about the vanity in this country and across the world, where people would rather be taking a picture of themselves out of fire instead of putting it out. I mean, just think about it, the dangers of misinformation. Put yourself back maybe 10 years ago. Could you really imagine that a U.S. presidential election would be stolen from you? I mean, you've always got your crackpot on the street corner who thinks everything is a conspiracy. But we're talking about tens of millions of people who think that this election was stolen from them. And I'm not casting judgment. I'm just talking about the dangers of disconnection and misinformation and how easily it can turn people into just people that you don't recognize. Just think about it politically, too. There are Republicans and Democrats who think the other party isn't just people that they disagree with on policies about health care or climate change or whatnot, but they're their enemy. I mean, how the hell did we get here? This episode reminds me of the old Clash song, Know Your Rights, when Joe Sharma comes out and says that this is a public service announcement with guitars. Well, Doomsday Noises is an updated version of that, only with a lot more guitars, and they're a lot louder. So sit back, grab a beer, buckle up, and let's welcome Peter Audriopoulos to Four Songs. So, hey, Pete, how you doing? I'm great, Rob. Good to be here. How are you? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I appreciate you doing this. I'm looking forward to this conversation and about your fantastic EP, Doomsday Noises. But uh, before we get there, I've just got to ask, what I'm asking everybody is, how have you been doing the last few months with this pandemic? Um, it's just, I mean, you kind of presaged it in your, in your EP, but... Yeah. The effect, well, I mean, you know, yeah, just what, yeah. what did, how has it obviously it's affected everything, but have you been holding up? Uh, you know, 
we've actually been holding up quite well, better than most, I would assume. We've used the, the downtime to our advantage to get back in the studio more than we otherwise would have as a band, to work on new songs, to, to work on some, some music videos and the likes, and also to give some time for the EP to really seed itself out there to, to fans, through social media, through, through the uh, DSP, Spotify, Apple Music and the likes. Likewise to terrestrial radio, which for our style of music, rock, rock and roll is still, you know, one of the big tastemakers out there and best, best ways to sort of spread the word and, and let those things sort of take root and take seed without having to be pushing ourselves as hard as we have been for the past couple of years on the road. And likewise, with a little less competition from some of the big acts, uh, because they're not releasing quite as much. So it gives a lot of outlets such as yourself a little more opportunity to to come to newer bands like us. So the fight is a little bit less for us. And since we're fortunate that we all live very close by, you know, with within reasonable driving distance, we can spend quite a bit of time in the studio, which which we've done. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I know you've done some live streaming and I'm kind of looking at what you did on the website. It looked like you were kind of in a closet, but was that done in a studio? This is kind of how you spaced the band out so carefully. Yeah, it's, it, it's in our studio. I'm, I'm in the in the ISO booth, which, which is... It's an extra weirdness. First of all, you're, you're doing a live stream with you know, cameras in front of you, but you find out there are five, six, seven hundred people watching you. Hmm. And then, you know, I'm in an ISO booth by myself and, and our, our AC doesn't work so well in that booth. It just likes to crank away. So it'll get down to like 60 degrees. So I'm always oh. kind of laughing at the, the fun of it all. Hmm. And as far as the, the way it feels, I'd be lying if I told you it, it didn't feel weird because it feels yeah. weird because you know especially that first one it was the first one for for each of us and you you you're kind of getting your energy a little ready for a show and and especially for that first one we had no idea what the audience would be if it would be five people a hundred five hundred not a clue and I think uh, live I forget the numbers but there were a few hundred people who were actually watching that first one live which was caught us by surprise yeah. But then, you know, I'm getting text messages from our socials guy and I'm sort of have the camera, my phone positioned off to my left, you know, down a little bit so I can sort of glance over my guitar if I look at my, my fingers and see messages he might be sending me or texting to other folks and I can see what the response is. So, you know, folks are out there, but there's like a 20, 30 second delay and there is no visceral response at all, you, you, you know? So like you said, you, you can't really gauge where you're at. So sometimes it's like, well, should we do another song? Yeah, let's do another song, you know? Should we cut it short? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, I want to talk about the band Sons of Silver. So you've, you've assembled quite a who's who with you for this. All of you had quite the career before joining forces. And I know that you're recording and performing as Pete RG before the change in the name. So if you can just talk a little bit about how you came across, how you, why you changed the name and focused on the band. So the songs for myself, you know, I, I like lots. I, I, I have a, a wide taste in music from you know, hard, hard rock to Frank Sinatra to, to folk to, you know, to classical jazz, you know, some, some hip hop and the likes. What, what comes out of me generally personally it leans itself to more americana-ish stuff indie rock a little left of center perhaps you might say some influences of of bob dylan of rem of radiohead 
of Bruce Springsteen. You know, that's, that's what really comes out of me when I'm writing on my own, which, which for most of my life, that's what I've done. We started this band together and we, we were under the name Pete RG because it was, I was the front guy and we needed something that was other than Argeropolis as a last name, hence the RG. I, to be honest, I was never thrilled with the name, but it, it's it stuck because from the from the get go, we were able to book you know shows around the country. It had to do partly with the the, the members of the band as well as it had to do with the, the songs. People dug the songs, so we were immediately within a month or two of of forming. We were we were out in the road and we were playing sixty to eighty shows a year, and over that time. Over the course of, of these shows, we, we spent a lot of time together on off, you know, not only on stage, but in a van, in a bus, sound checking, hanging out in, ho- in the hotel rooms, going out for dinners, breakfast, lunch, so on and so forth. And we, we, we not only found that we had a, a strong musical chemistry, but we, we really hit it off as people. So what started to happen is that we, we all let our guards down a little bit because, you know, when you're when you're working as a writer and especially writing as a team everyone comes in you know a, a, a little a little i don't want to say leery but but hesitant you want to just go for it and and you you often do but but there's always that sense of well what if i take us down the wrong path or what if what if i i say something do something make a suggestion whatever it might be that might make someone feel uncomfortable maybe they'll be edgy about it and so you 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 learn you, you have to gauge the situation and understand whether or not, you know, just sort of see how comfortable you are. So the, long, the better you know each other, the more you like each other, the more you're going to let go. And we started doing that. And, and we found ourselves in sound checks, for instance, starting to write songs together. Kevin would play a guitar riff and I'd dive in with some, some you know, assisting part. Dave would play a great drum groove behind it. Likewise with Adam bass. Brina would would actually grab a phone and start recording it. So we took that then those ideas back into the studio with us when we'd be off the road and we just started messing with them. And and as it happened, we all it was it was almost like we all started having a therapy session and revealing to each other, hey, I really like you. I mean I really like us and I like I like sharing these ideas together. Let's do it more. And we we started doing it more and more and and, and over, really over a course of a couple months we we found ourselves not only writing together with ideas that we had, we just go into a session with nothing, zero. Songs like Outbreak and let's see, Deep Division, for instance, those songs started from zero. None of us had any idea. We just went in the room, we were messing around, and, and I could tell you for each song what happened, but we started noodling on ideas and we just all started feeling the moment and playing off of each other and within minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, had a song or the foundation. And once that happens, you get, you get some, you get a little momentum, you get a sense of confidence and, and you start really seeing that, Hey, these people really are my friends. I can make a suggestion. Hey Dave, maybe you can play that beat instead or change that up here. Cause if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this. Or, or likewise, Adam may say, hey, hey to me, Peter, you know, that's really cool. Those that chord progression number. What if we do this instead? Suddenly, when when everyone feels free to do that, the ideas just pour out like like a geyser, and that's what's really started happening. We all pinch ourselves because it's a, it's a very fortunate situation. Wow, that's a great 
great transition too because we're going to get into the songs of, from the Doomsday Noises EP, which came out this past summer. And so what I'm curious about though, is, so did you take the music and who, did you write the lyrics or are you the main lyricist? I'm the lyricist, okay. but I like to say that, that I'm the mouthpiece for the band because we're, we're all constantly talking about uh, social political topics. We talk about things all the time. We have a we have a, a group band text chain that's just you know nonstop. In fact, I'm surprised it hasn't gone while we're while we're talking here. And we're sharing you know sports, uh, you know crazy memes and politics stuff, social stuff. Obviously, right now is a very rich time for those things. Yeah. So what happens is is that really their ideas infect me. I I put them to, you know sort of pen to paper and but but everyone has a lot of input on, on ideas and, and sort of they, they guide me along, Brina in particular. And it, and it sort of, it's very liberating for me because I trust them and I trust their ideas without hesitation. It's like if someone says, uh, maybe that's no good or change this, whatever, I'll be like, I'll think about that. Yeah, okay, boom. It's not, there's no debate. So we're going to talk about four songs from the EP, which is only five songs long. But as I mentioned earlier, we'd be here for hours if we were trying to talk about every single song. So... I do want to start with the opener, Rude Awakenings, which, well, I guess before we do that, though, let's just talk thematically. I mean, you wrote these lyrics last, basically a year ago, correct? And Yeah, some, and some just a little more a year and a half ago. Yeah. So do you feel like saying, I told you so? Or is that... <laughs> uh, I try to tell Brina that, you know, yeah. it just doesn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, look, I've all, I, I was a history major in college. Okay, me and, too. And, Oh, uh, were you? Yeah. Right. On. And so I've always been drawn to current events and the likes, as well as past events. So I, I think my, my, my hand is being on that pulse for quite a while, has a, a decent sense of it. And I was just writing what I was feeling, what I was reading, what I was, I was experiencing on an individual level out in the streets around me while we were on the road. And that's all I did. So I could tell you the the, tr the false story, which is that we own a time machine, you know, and, and, but that's, you know, that's all it was. It's just having my, I, you know, if it's like this, you can see a line through things if you have two dots and you can draw a line through them. And, and it was, we, we have a dot from the past, even the recent past, and we have a dot where we're at now. So it's pretty easy to draw a line and follow it through to the next point. And I think the divisiveness, the, the way we're at each other's throats is, it's been there for a while. It's just we weren't looking at it. So we'll start with Root Awakenings, which is the opener. I, I think what I like about this song is it seems to kind of serve as a warning, in a sense, to what we're going to hear later in the album. And it's to me, I, I kind of hear it as, here's what could happen. And then yeah. everything kind of follows as if it does happen. But the references to the Twilight Zone and the spin room, I mean, was this inspired by anything in particular or just general observations as to what the last few just, years have been like? Just general observations. And, and they're not, they, I, I, they don't have any strong political leanings one way or the other. Yeah. In fact, if anything, they're, they're uh, very reflective on the extremes and, and the loud voices from each side. That particular song actually was one of the rare songs that I had pretty much, I had written in very rough form and brought to the band and I and it was during our tracking sessions uh, a year ago in, in fall of 2019. In fact I had sort of stuck it just at the end of our to-do list and Brina was the one who kept insisting at I you know, bring it up to the band I was like ah, I don't know and we're, let's focus on the, the band band songs and she's like no please and 
finally one day she put her feet down so to speak and, and i showed it to the guys and i think we got it in about two takes after that we went wow. and played for a few minutes and boom it was done right away everyone just knew what they were like here what the god yeah <laughs> so you know well i wonder because he's already been playing for so long that just we were, was natural we were in a groove we were, we were we were really in a groove and we are in a groove and yeah it's at that point it's like just let let the let the horses run and you know lyrically yeah i was inspired in a very general sense but i also brought my own my own slant with things like all day we obey taking our rights away things like that you know with, with the lyrics uh how how could how could what's right go so wrong? How could our rights go so wrong? I, I genuinely see us sliding down a, a very slippery slope here towards a, a form of, towards a censorship in, in, a, in a really quiet or polite tyranny. I had any political leanings that I wanted to reveal, and I, and I, I don't want to reveal any because mine are all over the map. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that being in this band, being as open as we are with each other and ex accepting of different ideas, different opinions, both in the studio and on a personal level, that I really am very, very protective of freedom of thought, freedom of expression, and freedom to disagree. And I will always respect that and tolerate that. But I, so I have a strong feeling about intolerance of freedom of thought and opinion. Yeah, cause I, that's what I like about the song and really the whole album is that you, you try so hard not to take sides. And I mean, even though I think at some point there is a side, but I mean, yeah, you do so in a way that it's more, at least in this song in particular, it's more about our lifestyles than anything else that's kind of leading us down this path. With, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and that, that's really what it is. I mean, I'm just, I'm commenting on what I see. So one could say, especially these days when, when you're almost being pushed at every moment to choose a side, so to speak, I, I want to choose the side of, I want to choose the side of, of having good dialogue, open dialogue. I, I just, if you look throughout history, us being history majors, you, you know, uh, progress comes from the exchange of ideas. And, and a free-flowing exchange of ideas can only exist if people are respectful of one another. Once that disappears, we're in big, big trouble. And I don't mean just in a, in a short-term political sense, I mean in a long-term social sense.
like, can you imagine living in a home where uh, a parent, you know, sanctions or censors everything you said? You're, you're, you're going to be stunted as a child or, or as a spouse or whomever might be else living in that home. It's, it's a stunted home. So I just, I guess you could say I have little tolerance for intolerance. And that would be the <laughs> yeah. only thing that I want to clearly express. Yeah. Well, so I think that's a good transition to deep division, uh, which by its title it, it implies the divisions in the country. But what I see more of that, and you hinted at this earlier, is just the level of exhaustion for those who are being, who just want to put their head down and do their, whatever it is that they want to do with their lives and not be forced to go one way or another. And, I mean, I yeah. Yeah clear in the opening it's just about the battle lines but it's also about those who were just like come on <laughs> very much Deep Division is one, as I was mentioning earlier, that one started as a, as a jam session. In fact, that was a, that was a pretty pro- productive day. I think that same day we came out with uh, Deep Division, Read Them Their Rights, and World on Fire. So that, that, was, that was a good day. But it, we were, I don't remember what song we were messing on, but we were working on one of a few songs that day. And there was a pause in what we were doing. And, and I started just while speaking to the guys or they were talking to each other, sort of noodling on playing that, that intro riff, the junk, chicka junk, chicka junk. The next thing I know, Dave is playing along with me. And then Kevin and Adam look up, breaking from what they were talking about and start playing what, you know, became the, the rhythm, you know, the whole track for the, the verse and the, the intro with Kevin's guitar line, the da 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 dum, And Adam's sort of very rhythmically, melodical bass line. I got a big feeling about us Suddenly signals have been cut Hold no tightly to what works Watching the whole world erupt, erupt, erupt I immediately started singing on top of it, and we were grooving just on the verse for a while, the verse and that, that pre-chorus, or the, uh, sort of the interlude, guitar interlude there, circling on it over and over for like, I don't know, five, ten minutes. I was scouting different lyrics. Brina's recording all this, and she'll get on the talk back mic in our ears as it's going along and be like, well, I like that, I like that. Oh, Kevin, good that, you know, or Adam, good this. And As that was happening, I'm thinking, okay, where do we go, where do we go? And I called out a chord change, and we all went there, and then Adam pushed us to the next one, which is because it's a very, very simple song, uh, harmonically. And, and that became the chorus, and, and I immediately started singing, staring down a deep division.
And when something like that happens, when we're, when we're there collectively, it's, it's really important not just to be capturing the, the music, but the lyrics as well, because one, they ingest themselves in, in the spirit of the song. And two, because for me, when I have to go back and work on the lyrics, they really give me some good markers to, 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 to run with, some good kindling at the very least. But this particular day, I mean, probably 75% of the lyrics came out at that moment within those wow. 15, 30 minutes. And it was just a matter of going back over the coming weeks and, and spending a few hours to clean them up, to fine tune them. And when I was doing it, we, we took a break and we all went back and listened. And Dave is very commenting on lyrics when we do that. And he, he made some particular points. So I really like this, I like that. And I, I took those, those things he was saying to heart uh, as I was saying, I do with what, what the input is from, from the band. And I, I, I shaped the song in, in such a way that I, I didn't want it to be an overt political song because we had a number of those. And, and so I tried to shade it in a relationship type, type of way. So I, again, I tried to shade it in a way that was alluding to a relationship or, or I should say following the storyline of a relationship, but alluding to greater social issues. From, from my perspective, it... it the, the picture in my mind, because I always write lyrics with a picture in my head, I came out pretty close to what that picture was, so I was pretty satisfied with that. It seems to me that this song, you know, in this world we live in, about we're all so connected to each other, but I feel like in this instance, this is about disconnection. Yes. Losing that. And I also feel like musically, this is one of the, probably the most reflective song. Is that yeah. sound? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. The, definitely the most reflective. Yeah, the others are a little more attack mode. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so my we, nature. Right. Well, so does that, I guess just as a, trying to see how I can ask this question without sounding too stupid, but so when you're writing, when you're working on the music, I mean, it sounds like this just kind of all came fairly quickly, but it, the music when sounds more reflective and you're talking about usually being in attack mode, but this, when you, when the music is kind of going one way, do the lyrics follow suit? Well, that kind of goes when I was saying earlier that it's really important that they kind of happen together okay. because it, it's kind of like their, their, their success and their strength depends on each other. If I'm singing songs like, you know, uh, Burn Down the House, probably is not going to work. Obviously, I can go change them down the road, but, but that sets a tone at that moment and we all feed off of it because everyone's listening to what I'm saying. As, as, as I'm scatting the lyrics, as, as, or I should say, as I'm scatting a, a vocal and a melody as we're going down, working on the song, and we all feed off of that. So when I start singing something that's, that's pertinent to us, that's meaningful to us, that, that has an emotional impact to us, just as writers, not to anyone else, it's just more fuel for that uh, inspirational fire. And, and it really, because we're a vocal-based band, because our lyrics have now become so important to our identity everyone's more cognizant of that than ever of, of the significance of the lyrics and really bears down really focuses on playing what's appropriate for for that that theme well speaking of attack mode let's go to read them their rights <laughs> which <laughs> sets it up i mean i think musically i mean i think there's a progression and, and tell me if i'm wrong but from reawakening throughout the deep division to now read them their rights which is Musically, it's a progression in terms of the pace of it. And it seems like we're gone from the warning to the disconnection to, okay, here's what I'm talking about. It's not about 
any particular individual, any particular in, uh, administration. It's, it's a very general but very point, pointed nod at what sort of happens in the pre-course, uh, what's said in the pre-course. Everyone who walks a big walk, talks a big talk, reading their rights. There are a lot of folks and a lot of groups within that spectrum, so to speak. I will just say this. I have it out for a lot of folks right now. <laughs> I hate to be on that list. <laughs> What's that? I hate to be on that list. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, I'm a the, kind person. I just, yeah. I, I'm, I, you know, so. Because <laughs> lyrically, you don't take any, I mean, I know you use this phrase in another, another uh, song about taking no prisoners, but. You don't take any prisoners here from right you blame, you taunt, you drop on American bombs. I mean, right from the from the start here. You know, bombs, for instance, is, is a very, that's, you know, you can use it in its, in its literal sense, but it also can be used, as, as we know, in its uh, sort of metaphorical sense. And that can be applied to a lot of administrations if we're talking about presidents. Right. right. So, but then there are the lyrical bombs as well. So I, I guess, if anything, going back to what I was saying earlier, which is talking about those who take things to extremes and, and, and use that extreme action or extreme talk to to grab more power and i think what we're witnessing right now in our society in general has been going on for a number of years long previous to this the current administration that there's a power grab going on and it's not just having happening politically it's happening business world it's happening in the in political interest groups it's happening pretty much all walks of life because we're changing so much right now everyone's jockeying or re-jockeying for position there are a lot of people or a lot of groups, entities, whatever you want to call them, who are doing it in a way which is without care for not only for the, the people around them and the, the, the people who might be affected directly or indirectly, but without care for the institutions that allow them to function, to function politically, to function in business world, to function as individuals, to even live, to, to eat. Uh, to drink clean water and so on and so forth. So I think one should, you know, is, really needs to take heed. And I would hate to be preachy, but needs to take heed that that we're we're, we're putting a lot of valuable assets, so to speak, at, at risk. Things that took a long, long, long time to build, and we should be very mindful of what we're risking, and and why we're risking it because it's 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 very dangerous.
I appreciate that because I, I know that when you're taking on these subjects, it's to me at least, and I get curious to get your perspective as as a songwriter. Because it seems like you probably have a lot of fans or people come and see. So, like, oh, how come you're you're taking that side? Or why don't, why don't you, if you say that, don't you mean this or that? But is it harder now, given the political tensions, or not even political, just the tensions generally, to do this work? I mean, that's kind of an abstract um, question. Kind you of, know, is it harder? That's that. I'm used to it. Uh, I, it, it is hard to 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 sort of draw that path or walk that line of being down the middle. But, but I, I, I kind of enjoy the challenge and I really want to walk that line because I really feel that way. I, I, it's not that I don't have opinions. I, I have very strong opinions. I mean, let me tell you, I have strong <laughs> political opinions, but it's just one person. Right. And I, and I, I genuinely, I, as much as I, I'm, I'm very serious about mine and I feel that mine are, are correct. I know that there, you have yours, the guy down the street has his, the neighbor across the road has his, the person on the other side of the country has theirs. And I know that the greater strength, and I mean this genuinely, is in all of us finding a common ground or at least just enough common ground so we can move forward, not mm -hmm. blow each other up. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, that's to me is far more important than my opinion. So I, I guess in the end of the day, I'm trying to just point out things that I see let let some steam off for myself two and three trying to trying to bring everyone together a little bit yeah yeah that's I think we need more of that um, thank you so I appreciate your time tonight Pete and I want to mm -hmm. wrap things up about the last song on the album Fly World's on Fire which is a powerful end to a powerful album and it does remind me of the old saying we've met the enemy and they is us is, is uh <laughs> yes because it seems like, but again, I go back to the progression, whereas, you know, it just seems like each song gets stronger and louder. And the band just really rocks it out on the last few. Uh, you can talk a little bit about the musical progression, but then we'll get to the lyrics uh, after that. That song, actually, I had the, a, a very, very rudimentary form of that, of the riff, the World on Fire riff. And, and I, it's funny, I, I haven't listened to what it was recently, but I know it was very rudimentary. So I had that and maybe a couple other lyrical ideas, but, but not much, just more of a, a vibe. And I brought it to the band some sometime during the course of that day. Started really focusing on that riff because we all thought there was something there. And Kevin obviously went and took it to the next level. Brina had a lot of input on that riff, taking notes out. The, the, the stop, if you notice that we repeat the riff and on the second riff, there's sort of a stop in the middle of it. That, that was Brina suggesting it to us, to us. And I remember we were all looking and scratch, you know, all being myself, Adam, Kevin, and Dave were scratching our heads on that one, how to pull that off. And, but once we got it under our fingers, we're like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Cause it, it kept, it just broke up the repetition and monotony just a little bit. <laughs> So once we once we got the music going a little bit, and I and I think that took a little more time, it took like thirty minutes or so. Then I, I we started playing it as a band with the the, the verse and and the uh, and the chorus, 
and just looping on them as we will often do. And, and I, that's when I started singing and, and the, the phrase world on fire came out and it, that was one of those where, you know, everyone sort of looks up at each other with that aha moment. And, and you're thankful, you know, being the player that it's all being recorded. Uh, so, you, you know, in my case, I feel free to just throw out a lot of ideas, all stream of conscience. So as the lyrics started, started taking root on that particular day and the melody, we were left with what do we do in the middle of the song, sort of tie it together. And that, an instance where Adam stepped up with the idea that became the bridge, where we sort of change the key, we modulate to a different key, but keep a sort of basic rhythmical pattern of the riff under the next section. And, and Adam's always great with that. He's done it with, with us for a number of songs. see him his, his brain he starts thinking and, and he gets in this sort of deep thought and it's like he almost b starts breathing heavily and I, I i i usually just sit back and i wait i'll just we'll just sort of pause for a moment just let him do his thing let him do his thing there's the idea okay boom let's do it done so when it comes to the lyrics so you say that roll on fire phrase kind of hits you and so you took that and extrapolated the rest around it or was it kind of yeah yeah, yeah I, I took that, and a lot of the a lot of the lyrics, the verse lyrics for that one, a little, you know, the uh, uh, even the what? How's it start? I like the, the image of the selfie pose, which you hit a few times. I thought that one was good too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because originally I, just, I, I was, first I was very reluctant to use it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I like this a lot, but people are going to think I'm sort of pandering to the time. And and then I was, I played it for Brina and she was laughing. She was like, she's like, I like that. And I was like, yeah. well, maybe I should just use it twice have it be the setup for the chorus both times. And she's like, yeah. So that's what ended up happening. You know, it's that whole, you know, Rome is burning type of feeling. People are like, that, you, that exactly. Yes, it is. It's the, the vanity of it all. The, 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 I don't want to say narcissism, but it's, it's in that direction. It's the lack of awareness and consciousness outside of yourself. Right. So as we wrap up, uh, my last question is right now, what's the best way for fans to support Sounds of Silver? 
best way to support us is follow, you know, first just find us on, on the web, on, on socials uh, and the likes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and, and we're e- easily findable. Sons of, just look up Sons of Silver. Fortunately, there, there is not a lot of competition for that name in the search engines and the likes. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Deezer, so on and so forth. And engage with us. Reach out to us. Hit us up. We, we, we try to all participate as much as we can uh, with interacting with our fans. And we genuinely enjoy it. We can't get to everything, especially now as, as we're gaining more fans. But we, we really do, it, do enjoy it. And we take it all to heart. And prepare yourselves for when we go on the road. Because yeah. we're really looking forward to it. And we, we look forward to meeting our fans. You know, we feel very lucky to do this. So we're just trying to really enjoy the moment and enjoy the growth and we we know where we want to go but we're we're enjoying the ride and it's it's we we're very thankful of that and we're thankful that you're doing it peter thank you so much for giving me your time and appreciate this interview and thank you for listening hope you enjoyed it stay safe and be ready for more talk to you soon